بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وأصحابه وسلم تسليما كثيرا أما بعد Welcome again to another Dean Love episode. We have, I mean, he's just a part of the family now. Allahu Akbar. <laughs> <laughs> Alhamdulillah, ahlan. We are always happy to have our uh, our Sheikh. And uh, really, this is like our second father, uncle. Yeah, <laughs> just comes to, he's that uncle in the village who tells you who to marry and not to marry. <laughs> so um, without further ado, I'd like to introduce you all to Sheikh Mohammed Susi. Sheikh, how are you doing today? Excellent, alhamdulillah. alhamdulillah. Is, is, is your, okay, the name Susi, yes. is it because you're from Sus? Or is it very good question. Or is it the qira'ah of Susi that kind well, of stuck with the family? Well, the, the, the qira'ah of Susi, I believe, comes from Morocco, from Sus in Morocco. And that's mm-hmm. where our family originates from. Okay. Although there is a Susi in Tunisia, but we originally descend from Morocco and then, mm-hmm. you know, Moved to Tunisia a few hundred years ago, but yeah. originally that's where we're from. So I have some of that Moroccan heritage. <laughs> Beautiful. So I always wonder that. I think uh, uh, Najib tried to ask your, your younger brother in the podcast once, nah. and it went nowhere. Mm. So I got it. Alhamdulillah. Um, so today we have a very um, interesting and important topic, nonetheless, and it has a lot to do about how people today want to interpret major uh, and foundational aspects of this deen based off their whims and desires, right? And so there's a lot of this stuff happening today. If you ask just the average Muslim on the street, what is this, what is salah, what is dua, what is uh, iman, what is taqwa, what is tawheed, you'll, most of them you'll hear starting off the answer by, well, I think, in my opinion, I feel like, right, according to me, my truth is, and this is how they answer. And so this is a big indication that they don't know what they're talking about and it's coming from uh, somewhere else other than knowledge, the kitab, and the sunnah, the burhan, right? So this is a big uh, issue we're gonna talk about and so there's a lot of points that we're gonna touch on today. And so the very first one we're gonna touch on is shirkin intercession, okay? Intercession, uh, shirk, we know shirk is that, you know, to associate partners with Allah and to give the haqq of Allah to the, his creation um, and that he shares it with them and, you know, and to worship other besides Allah and the intercession is to seek an intermediary uh, uh, to Allah, right? And this is also some, these are things that have been um, condemned uh, throughout the Quranic discourse, right? But in the, in the aspect of shirk, as clear as it may seem today, there's a lot of people who do things that are against it, right? For example, we have people that are still in, you know, horoscopes and all this stuff, and they don't think too much about it. I'm a Sagittarius, I'm a Scorpio, I'm a Leo. There's people when non-Muslims die, rest in peace, rest in peace, rest in peace. Akhi is not dua, it's just rest in peace, right? And so we become careless with it. But they're not even just careless, but we begin to defend these ideologies based off our whims and desires. So, Shaykhuna, <coughs> touch, on, touch uh, on that a little bit about the shirki aspect. 
بسم الله الحمد لله والصلاه والسلام على رسول الله وعلى اله وصحبه ومن والاه اللهم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من لساني يفقهوا قولي اللهم امين I think the title that we wanted to give this podcast was what are the 10 things you want us to reform about Islam what are the 10 things that you don't like in Islam what are the 10 things that we should change in Islam oh, you might have 20 but we're going to try to talk about 10 of them tonight, inshallah ta'ala, if we have the time. If not, we'll probably do five in this podcast and five more in the other podcast if we if we get that far, inshallah ta'ala. But I wanted to trigger your thought process about are there really some things in Islam, when you hear them, you cringe. Mm. As a Muslim, we're not talking about the kuffar. We're not talking about the the fujjar. No, no, no. We're talking about those who actually pray. Those who do call saw, themselves Muslims. Those who maybe even wear hijab as for sisters. But we have this obedience that is tied to a but. Mm. But. And we've mentioned. So a lot of the stuff we've mentioned throughout the podcast. And, and we discussed and thought maybe if we can put this all in one place to where this would be a good introduction to someone that says, Wallahi, I didn't even realize I don't like this or I dislike this or I have a challenge with this or I have a but about this or I have a million questions about this subject. So I want to see if we can tackle these as we go on, inshallah ta'ala. So the first one is uh, a lot of people say, like we discussed, we have a whole halaq about shirk. It's, uh, you guys can go back to that episode. There's more detail. The goal tonight is not to get into detail, detail. but it's to elaborate more challenge your thought process and have you think am i really that person mm. you know so allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says wama yu'minu aktharuhum billahi illa wa hum mushrikun that the majority of people believe in allah but they commit shirk, commit shirk while they do it mm. and this is the majority of people from the time and from the people that have come from before us or the religions that have come from before us uh, uh, you know allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says um, and the one about this one here, subhanAllah, is, you know, we, get, we know that someone is died in a state of kufr. They are kafir, khalas. Yeah. If somebody is still alive, we don't say um, We don't say that this person is going to hell fire Because they could repent, this could become yeah. Muslim Their life could change But after they are dead And we know for sure that they died in a state of kufr We are not to make istighfar for them we are not to say rest in peace because rest in peace says means rahimahullah. Yes. May Allah bestow his peace <laughs> upon them. Yeah. That's rest in peace. What does that mean? There is no peace. It's all about torment. Subhanallah. The The kuffar when they are dying, the malaika are slapping them on their faces and on their behinds in humiliation and they are telling them taste yeah. the hellfire and it starts with the torment of their going to hellfire so yeah. that's what he says so, 
So it's extremely important, Ikhwani, that we have somebody that dies and we say, may he rest in peace, may she rest in peace. Mm-hmm. And the point I want to really ask all of us, and we all have our whims and our desires, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ara'ayta man ittakhada ilahahu hawah afa'anta takunu alayhi wakilah. Have you seen thy who has taken thy, the, he or she, who has taken their whims and desires for a Lord? Are you going to be uh, somebody that's going to oversee them? Are you going to be somebody that will be responsible for them? Mm-hmm. Are you going to be somebody that can actually change that? Are you going to be the one standing above their head and telling them don't do this and don't do that? That's the that's what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying. You're not be, you're not going to be able to do this, Ya Muhammad. No. So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says it is not befit or befitting of the Prophet and those who believe to do what? To make a staghfar to the polytheist or the kuffar mm. after it became apparent that they are going to be of the dwellers of hellfire. So I, I got I gotta push back on this one because um, some people have some objections. Some may be valid, where they say, "Well, you know, uh, say for example, a revert. I, you know, my mom or my grandmother, uh, she died. She doesn't know anything about Islam. Are you telling me that Allah is going to throw her in the hellfire? And he, she didn't know anything about Islam." Mm. That's a good question. Okay. Uh, first of all, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and I think we mentioned this before too. وَمَا كُنَّ مُعَذِّبِينَ we are not going to punish until we have sent a messenger. messenger. And dear brothers and sisters, reverts listening to me, of course work hard on trying to help your parents along. But at the end of the day, our allegiance to one another is based on Islam. It's not based on our blood. Yes, it hurts. Yes, I love my that's parents. A hard, that's yes. a hard thing for but people to But this is, people don't want to swallow yeah, that. But it's hard. the truth. Yeah. This ayah came down when the Prophet, والسلام, he asked Allah, it's a very, you brought that very good, coined that question very well, mashallah, right, right place, that he asked Allah to make istighfar for his mother, and then he was, or he was making istighfar for his mother, and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala came down to this, this ayah came yeah. in the Prophet ﷺ, he said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, وَمَا كَانَ اسْتِغْفَارُ إِبْرَاهِيمَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent this down, وَمَا كَانَ اسْتِغْفَارُ إِبْرَاهِيمَ لِأَبِيهِ إِلَّا عَنْ مَوْعِدَةٍ وَعَدَهُ إِيَّا فَلَمَّا تَبَيَّنَ لَهُ أَنَّهُ مِنْ أَصْحَابِ تَبَيَّنَهُ أَنَّهُ عَدُونَ لِلَّهِ تَبَرَأَ مِنْهِ إِنَّ إِبْرَاهِيمَ that when Ibrahim promised to make istighfar for his father, he did that in hopes that his father will become Muslim or mm. his father will repent or Allah will forgive his father and not have him die in a state of kufr. That's great. So, but it says here, then, فَلَمَّ تَبَيَّنَ لَهُ أَنَّهُ عَدُوُ لِلَّهِ When Ibrahim alayhi salam came to realization that his father is an enemy of Allah, he gave up all allegiance towards him. Wow, that's a big term. In that, in that Ibrahim alayhi salam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, لَأَوَّاهٌ إِنَّهُ أَوَّاب 
Halim. That Ibrahim, so nobody says that Ibrahim is foolish by doing this. Allah said, that he is a repenter, he goes back to Allah, and he is very wise. So this was not foolishness. Allah, the, the ends of the ayat are very important yeah, to look yeah, at. Yeah, yeah. So, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling the Prophet sallam to, that you are not to make istighfar for your mother. And then he was not going to make istighfar for his uncle as well. And these are very beloved to him. Mm. And I know this is such, it's so hard. This, this is such a stigma. It's just so hard to kind of even fathom or realize. But uh, Ikhwani, just so you understand that Abu Bakr radiallahu anh, and this is what we want to really talk about this to get the point across that our allegiance is to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This doesn't mean that we want to hate or kill or see everybody go to hellfire. On the contrary, Akhwani. We want everybody to come to Jannah. This is, I mean, in our circles, we're not hiding under the table saying, oh, we can't wait for them to go to hellfire. No, it's not. Wallah, that's not the case. And if for some of you who are listening, might think it is, it's never been the case. I've never heard anybody say that. And if they do, I'm going to call them out. That's not the right thing to do. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, that we surely have sent you a mercy to mankind to the, about the Prophet. And like we said, we're, we are trying to do the work of the Prophets. Peace be upon blessings be upon them. So, this is the main reason we're telling you not to say about these people may they rest in peace because they're not resting in peace in the wala and bara the allegiance and disallegiance you know has to be for the sake of allah in abu bakr in the battle of badr his son came to him and he said ya abati father my dear father i had a chance to kill you in badr but because you are my father i did not want to kill you mm. this after became muslim and Abu Bakr, he said, Wallahi, lo bika fi badr laqataltuk. Wow. Wallahi, if I saw you in the battle of Badr, I would have killed you. Subhanallah. And this is not Umar. This is Abu Bakr, the softest man. When he used to cry, when he used to lead the prayer. Subhanallah. You, you, and everybody, when you start talking about killing and you start talking about war and you start, people have this Disney fantasy. And they don't realize, like right now, what is going on in the world. Mm. It's war strucken. You're just fortunate to be in a country where you have first world problems. Your problem is your second car. Yeah. Uh, your car is uh, five years old, so now you need to get a new one. Uh, you want to get a second home. Uh, you want to buy your uh, Gucci, Muchi, Tucci. Uh, these are some of the problems that most people living in the, in the West and in America, especially even if they're poor are thinking about. Mm. They don't know what it means to be in war-stricken places, poverty, real poverty. You're not poor in this country. So please start to really think maturely about how things used to be 1400 years ago, how things were in World War Two, World War One, World War Two, and realize that this West, that a lot of us idealize and put on a pedestal um, in Sweden last week, a couple weeks ago, 10 days, um, they decided that some politician wanted to burn the Quran. 
And when he did this, he did it in the name of what? Of free speech. And the police protected him. He had a protest and he went in a public place where he's going to burn the park. This is in Sweden, Ikhwani, like one of the most liberal countries ever. Mm. Okay. Now imagine that anybody or a Muslim or a Christian, anybody, took a rainbow flag and wanted to burn it. What would happen? Mm. Oh, that would be bigotry. That would be misogyny. That would be hate speech. That would be kufr. Muslims would probably call the people who do that kufar. Many of them. Real Muslims don't do that. And I'm not saying to do that or whatever. At the end of the day, there are laws against burning flags in most countries that you will be jailed. Yeah. Just a flag. Why is it okay? It's, it's not free speech to burn a flag. It's not free speech to come out and say, I disagree with trans transgenderism or whatever-ism or kuffarism. That's not considered free speech. But to dis honor almost 2 billion people by burning their holy book is considered free speech mm. these are the kuffar that are saying oh you guys are doing this and you guys are tough and you just talk about death Akhi, why do you want to burn you know when they were younger they said that, you know like in psychology if somebody's a, a young kid and he kicks cats around or wants to ki kill animals or burn them whatever this person has psychological problems who eventually grow up to be yeah. a killer, a serial killer, somebody who's very evil, do evil to other violent people. Person. Very violent, prone, and so forth. And they know this. So what's the purpose of burning this Quran? And who's, who's protecting them? Yeah, yeah. The police. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Go online and, and look at this, Akhi. This is not, I'm not making this stuff up. So when we're talking about allegiance, their allegiance is to themselves. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, That surely the Jews and the Christians will not be happy with you, will not be pleased with you, and they will not like you, love you, or be have you be in their camp Absolutely. until what? Until you follow their pathway, meaning you follow their deen, you follow their religion, you follow their way of life. Okay. This is a question I should have asked maybe at the beginning, but it just got triggered now, inshallah ta'ala. Alhamdulillah, I remembered. Ikhwani, if somebody asked you, would you like to live under Sharia law? You, you, you listening to me? Yes, you, you, niqabiyah. You pray your five, you just made Qiyam al-Layl last night. You, Muslim, you have a beard and you're listening to me and you have a qamis on. Would you like to live under Sharia law? That's a great question. And for you non-Muslims are on there, all the three alphabets, just relax. We're, 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 we're on your side on this one, I promise you. Ikhwani, what are the things that Sharia law promotes that is so scary to the West? Mm -hmm. Why do you think there's an attack on Sharia law in morality in general. What is it that Sharia law has to offer or promote or stand for that is so scary to the West? Think for a second. Okay. Azina. Because even a kafir can live under Sharia law. No That's problem. True. That's true. 
we Christians have lived among the Muslims, Jews have lived amongst the Muslims <laughs> under the Sharia law, and they were fine. And I tell people, if we wanted to kill all the Jews and Christians, every single one of them, we would have done it before CNN came around. Yeah, there would be no CNN. It would be seen. That's what it would. No, be. no, no. There would be no kuffar. That too. In Muslim lands. There's 10 million Coptic Christians in Egypt. Yeah. You see them. They have their crosses on their cars. People, people are disconnected. Even Muslims, Akhi. Oh, you guys want to kill? No, but people are killing each other. The Crusades, they killed the Christians before they killed the Muslims. Mm, that's factual. They killed millions akhi, of people. That's true. With the sword, women and children. Jews, Christians. So, I mean, talking about, the, this is these are historical facts that are still going on today. Aren't the Russians killing the Ukrainians? Mm. Isn't this an ongoing war? That is. All right. Do you guys know weird. how many Russians died since the war started? Does anybody come, know? Come in. How much? 180,000. There's probably more than that, but these are my latest numbers from maybe past months. You month. said the Russians, not the Ukrainians. Lisa, Ukrainians, over 100,000. They're so small in the country. Yeah. And of course, those are considered martyrs freedom fighters who is America supporting right now Ukraine right yeah and another country through Germany they're sending weapons right yep and giving them tons of money and support all right so why because it's their, it's their people they're okay. supporting them their allies well oh, because yeah. they've been wronged right in parentheses Technically, they've been wronged by the Russians. Perhaps. They've been invaded. No, no. Say. I mean, they're That's in their they country. Say. They invaded them. Let's forget about what, what was it. I'm not talking about instigation. Just looking from the outside, the Khwani. Just be common sense will prevail. People don't want common sense. They want their emotions. I'm going to get the sister that's crying me a river. Because it's her emotions. Oh, I feel. Leave your feelings at home. We're not here to cater to your feelings. We're here to talk facts. The world is burning, Khwani. Men or women, okay? So why is it that the Ukrainians can be freedom fighters? And the Iraqis and the Syrians are terrorists, Khwani. Doing the same thing, blowing themselves up over bridges. Akhi, they're doing exactly the same thing, what yeah. you've seen the Muslims do. Suicide, Playbook. Suicide bombing. SubhanAllah. Nobody right. talks about this. Yeah. Okay. Forget about that. In Ireland, who are the Irish bombing all the time, killing buses, women, children in public for years? NRA. The IRA. Oh, the IRA. All right. Christian, Catholic, both Christian of them. Going at it. Protestants and Catholics. Sah wa la? But when the Muslims do it, they're terrorists, Akhi. It's There can't be a double standard if we want to have a hiwar, a dialogue that is fair. It has to be. Mm -hmm. So I'm saying this with, with conviction. So no, can I say idiot? I didn't, haven't said that word in a long time. Some idiot <laughs> come Arabic, up and say, Arabic. <laughs> thank you, Siri. <laughs> so, Ikhwani, once again, non-Muslims lived in Muslim lands for centuries, not a year, not two. Yani, the Muslims 
they had non-Muslims pay a tax, which is a smaller fee than that they were paying. It, and it's different. It's not like a fixed tax, but it was way less than that what they were paying under other Ro- the Roman Empire and so forth and so on. Yep. But what that meant as well is that they were under the protection of Muslims. No. They they were not to go into the armies. The Muslims are to, to protect them, so they don't go and you know, like here, you get your citizenship. There's a draft. You're going. You're yeah. of age or whatever the case may be. You're going. No exception. And I think even if you have a green card or if you're stuck here, period, you're gonna. <laughs> if, the, if there's a draft, you're gonna be going. Either they say you come and fight for us, or you're gonna go home and kick you home. Yeah. That's just the way it's gonna be. And Ikhwani, we're not against if something happens here, we're going to be the first ones to jump up and defend our honor and defend our children and our family and our communities. And that's a micro system of defense. Um. So, I mean, Muslims are not just going to go hide in a chair <laughs> somewhere, uh, just so you know. So, I, I mean, I want you three-lettered places out there. Just relax. Wallahi al-Azim. I'm telling you, why would people not want Sharia Allah? Yeah. Because they want to go drink alcohol. That's true. Or they're killers. They're thieves. What else? They're fornicators. Oh, yeah. God. Right? Adulterers. Pedophiles. All of these things were punishable under law just a few years ago. Mm. Just a couple decades ago. Yeah. In the West. So if a Muslim says, well, I don't want it, I don't want it, why don't you want it? And we said, the only reason women roam around freely in the West is because they can call 911 and the police. If that goes away, you will not see any women roaming around in the streets. Kofar, non-Kofar, jiu-jitsu masters, boxers, defending themselves with guns everywhere. They will not be out. If the rapists and the killers are on the streets with no police, no army, Abolish the police. nothing, أخي, I dare any woman to step outside and say, oh, I'm just going to go work outside. I'm going to go bartend or whatever they're doing, the craziness, or go to school, whatever it is, أخي. The, this people just have this distorted idea of how the world used to be because of what they're living right now, which is is not a reality. Mm. This is a fake reality that we live in. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> you're looking at me. You're crazy. Well, welcome to the club. I wouldn't, you wouldn't be the first one to say I'm crazy. In Ukraine right now, they let the women and children do what? They let them leave. Put them on a plane, send them to Dubai, send them to Emirates, send them to Sweden, send them wherever. The men can't leave. Mm. What does that tell you? So what happens if the women stay? They're either going to stay in the home. Of course you're going to cook. How are you going to feed yourself? Oh, yeah. I don't There's no electricity. How are you going to wash your clothes? hand all the things that your grandmother did 50 years ago you'll be doing because all of this camouflage and this life of ease and this life of fun and this life that we all enjoy myself included you guys we're not 
we're not saying don't live like this or go live in a tent somewhere. That's not what we're saying. But I'm saying the this whole notion of freedom and and and, and doing whatever I want and and doing however I want and competing with a man and doing all these things will go away as soon as we no longer have first world problems. Mm. Yeah. And women need to realize this. Oh, and we're, we're, we're headed that way. Uh, it's coming, Akhi. Yeah. Who did, a year ago, if I told you that, two years maybe, because it's been, it's been boiling for a little while. If I told you that there's going to be war in the world and there's going to be problems, and people in France right now are paying close to $800 just to heat their homes. You know how much they make there? The, the, this, these people are making two to $3,000 a month. Family members? It's 10 times more than what it was a year ago before the war. Yeah, that's wild. There's a lot change in the world, and it can change by at the drop of a hat. It's world so War One. it just happened, Akhwani. It wasn't like planned for all these years. It just happened. One nation and everybody got involved. World War Two, same thing. Anything can happen. So for those of you who are saying, I don't want this or I don't want that, the only thing... If you're living in a Muslim country, the only thing that would keep men from not harming women and children is the deen of Allah. That's it. That's it. What, what, why wouldn't I steal your car? Because I fear Allah. And <clears throat> if I'm an evil person, I'd be worried they're going to cut my hand off. Akhwani, true story. I, was, uh, I, was, uh, I gave a khutbah. Oh, this is here in Minneapolis at Columbia Heights Masjid about maybe 10, 15 years ago. Allah, true story. Allah is my witness. And they had a group of students coming from St. Cloud. I don't know if it was St. Kate's or some, some university. And they were doing a piece work about Islam. And after the khutbah, I gathered them, boys and girls, and they had questions to ask. Of course, the first one, expiation. When somebody steals, do they, why do they cut their hand off? I said, you guys, listen. First of all, you need to understand how the hukum works. You have to reach a certain amount. Yeah, you're not just chopping it's not, If somebody steals bread or something to eat or whatever, they're not going to chop his hand off. It has to be a certain amount. It has to be, it's in a safe place and you actually broke in. So you had the intention mm. to go in there, like robbing a bank, robbing a jewelry store breaking into somebody's car and hotwiring it. I said, right now, most of you, when you're thinking of theft, even you, know, you guys follow me a little bit. When you're thinking of theft, what are you thinking of? You're thinking of petty theft or maybe robbing, stealing a car, whatever. None of you really think, the first thing that comes to mind when you think of theft, you're not thinking robbing a bank, right? That's not the first thing that pops into mind. Do you know what happens if you rob a bank? You can have up to 30 years in prison if you use the weapon. You can't play with the man's money. Uh-uh. If you, if you rob a bank, you're in deep trouble. You'll have 10 to 30 years depending on if you had priors, not priors. You can kill a person, get out in good behavior in less than 10 years, 7 years. If it's not premeditated, it was an accident, so forth and so on, and you're a good person and you start reading a book and you get a PhD in, in, in prison and everything else, of course. If you rob a bank, you can stay in prison up to 30 years. 
and I asked those students, I said, I'm going to ask you guys, but I want you all to be honest with me. If they gave you a 30-year sentence, or they said, you can chop your hand off and you can go start a new life tomorrow, which one would you choose? Boys and girls, I think only one person said I would choose to go to prison for 30 years, and the rest of the group looked at them like he was crazy. They all said, I'd rather have my hand cut off and I go live my life. Why, Ikhwani? Their life, this dunya, is all they have. Mm. They can't miss out, Akhi. Yeah. They're already thinking when I said that, oh, I can go get a prostate or they can, what do they call that, prosthetics? Is yeah, that what they yeah, call it? I can go to, you know, I can get a fake hand, I can do this, I can bump the claw, whatever it is that they're going to. They've already thought about all the solutions and they weighed the options of doing this or that. But I say this for a reason, is a lot of people just look at things like, just from a narrow, narrow standpoint. That's not Islam. Everybody says it's okay to have a boyfriend and fornicate until somebody comes into their house and rapes their little daughter. Then they become a different person. Yeah. Okay, you listen to me. Whoever's a father. Somebody walks into your house, they're drunk, they're on drugs, whatever, they have beef with you, and they grab your wife or their, your daughter. And they, with, or two th people try to rape one of your family members, your sister, mother, anybody. Or this doesn't happen. Can this happen? Oh, it, happens. it happens a lot. It happens. Okay? Well, it happened in Tunisia two years ago, this story. In a Muslim country. Because there's no expiation, there's no retaliation. Mm. What, what, what would you do? I, I would kill him, I would burn him, Right? So you guys put things in perspective. It's so easy to be so nice and peaceful when somebody else getting killed, somebody else getting raped, somebody else getting hurt, somebody else getting robbed. But when it happens to you, oh, the whole world has to flip upside down now because your rights have been infringed upon. One more, inshallah ta'ala, since we were talking about um, expiation we got into that subhanallah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this is number three so we're gonna I just since I'm talking about it I'd rather conclude about it inshallah ta'ala Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says walakum fil qisasi hayatun ya ulil alba ish la'allakum tattaqoon in expiation retaliation retribution there is life for those who why didn't he say Yanes? Mm. Everything is very specific and deliberate yeah. in the book of Allah. Who are these? Those with sound reason and or wisdom. Because yeah. if somebody's emotional and they jump up and down and they react and they don't think, they don't look at the consequences, they don't add things up, that's why Allah is addressing those who have reason in those who have sound reasoning, in those who have wisdom, that they understand that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, there is life for you. There's an extension of life, a betterment of life. In what? In retaliation, expiation, and or um, retribution. When there's hudud. 
Because once Ikhwani, somebody gets their hand chopped off, or somebody who kills gets killed, or somebody who rapes gets killed, or somebody who does zina, they get lashed, whatever, all of, and all of these things were in the old books and they were used just a hundred years ago in all the, the, the countries of, uh, of the West and so forth. So nobody looks at me like, oh, what are you talking about? We're talking about honorable things. <laughs> so honorable people can relate. So if you're not honorable, you're going to have a hard time relating. Yeah. Uh, what a what a what a what a wonderful opening. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. Um, the second the this point we didn't touch on, but I think it's equally important, which is the um, the lifestyle. So the Quran and Sunnah is supposed to be a guide for us on how to live, <coughs> how to live our lives. <coughs> it should be the moral compass, the standard for us, and doing what's right and wrong. And today you have um, many Muslims who are uh, mostly polluted in the West, akramukum um, Allah, and they're there, and they're they want to convince people that well it's not we don't just have to live by the Quran and the Sunnah and Plato has some good ideas and you know so some of these philosophers were good. Um, and some of their ideas, and so we should look at that. Perhaps we should look at other religions too, and what they have. Let's be open-minded. Uh, let's be open-minded, and let's not just stick to the Quran, the Sunnah, because there's wisdom in everything, and everyone has their own path. Shaykhuna, tafadl. Ikhwani, I bring these points up, and I said, what are the 10 things that you dislike about Islam? I'm doing this to trigger your thought process. A lot of us might have problems with the laws in the deen of Allah. And this might be the reason that we will end up in hellfire. That's why I'm warning you. Wallahi, ikhwani, yani, dear sister, listen to me right now and you're cringing. And please just relax. By the end of this, hopefully something will change, okay? Um, and we're open about this because it's the truth. We're open about this because we know this will help humanity. Not just Muslims. Yes. Humanity. That's correct. Okay? Why does evil prevail? Evil prevails when enough good people say nothing. So as good people, as Muslims, as people who worship, why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say to the children of Israel or about the ch children of Israel, I believe this is the ayah. Shuf, Allah is already telling us what happened to them and we see it happening to us. What does it mean? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, do you believe in some of the book and you denounce, hate, dislike, put behind your back, ignore, pick don't and, like? Picking and choosing. Portions of the book? Well, what's the punishment for people who do this? Is to be despised in this dunya. Is to be despised. Khizi. Ikhwani, we are two billion strong. Ikhwani, we are two billion strong. Yeah, CD, one billion, whatever. Somebody's going to come and look up on Google and say it's 1.7, whatever the number. 
Why are we as Muslims despise the khwani? Al-qulub, the hearts, are in the control of Allah. Even if the non-Muslims used to fight Muslims and had wars against them and retaliated against them, Muslims, because they were good Muslims, because they worshipped Allah properly, because they were just, even when they conquered other countries, they were just, people flocked into Islam. And everybody says this, the whole... Eastern Hemisphere became Muslim through businessmen. There was no wars. There was no conquering. There was no swords. There was no blood. People became Muslim because they liked the Muslims. They were good people. They were honorable people. And the reason why we are despised is because we are no longer honorable. Even your definition of honor is that what Allah is not, it doesn't find honorable. Most of us give you a simple example. Look at all the TikToks, Ikhwani. You have a brother sitting behind his wife. Of course, she's in Iqabiyya. Of course, she's a Iqabiyya. And they're pretending, oh, if you take a second wife, I'll divorce you. Just go look at all it. I mean, I'm sure you guys see not go look for it. But subhanAllah, I get about 10 or 20 videos from all over the world about this stuff. Sheikh, could you see this? But I need to know this. I need to know what's going on so I can talk about it. And then you have other Muslim men, Akhi. Their woman is hanging on to them, twerking on TikTok with a hijab. Is this honorable? Is this, does this please Allah? Of course I'm wearing hijab and I just made Fajr Jama'ah at the Masjid. Of course. Muslims today don't even know what honor is, Akhwani. Aqsim Billah, they don't know. They don't know. If you have haya and honor, you will never, ever have your wife on any social media. Ever. When I mention my wife, I say, Ummu Fulan. I'm not sitting here talking, Oh, Wallahi, Fatima did this today. La, Ummu Fulan did this today. But, 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 Sheikhna, what but I'm she, crazy? No, but what if she's given da'wah? You know, sisters need da'wah too on social media. And sometimes they don't like to hear it from brothers with beards hmm. and kufis. And so they say they feel more comfortable hmm. listening to other sisters um, who are given da'wah, if they're given da'wah. The few sisters that are capable, one, qualified, two, and fear Allah, three, if they are doing da'wah, you'll know it. You look at that. Who comes to mind when you say this? Who? Speak up. Aisha was was sah? Naam. When she did the podcast with you guys, was she up there with her hubby on, on her shoulder? Right? Okay, so she knows what's up. She knows what And she knows what time it is. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. So if you are sincere about giving dawah, 
And I'm not saying if a woman comes up with the niqab or she's in a certain situation, and I know there's a couple sisters out there, I'm not going to promote anyone because I don't know their manhaj. So I can't. But if somebody comes up and they're doing the right thing, you'll know, akhi. Mm. And if you are a man and you listen to sister, you fear Allah, you'll just listen. You don't have to look at her. Akhi, there is so much information out there right now in every language that anybody can have all the information they need to go to Jannah. That's true. The biggest problem is people want to pick and choose because they think they're going to Al-Firdaus Al-A'la. Wallahi, ikhwani, one of the biggest problems in Qis ala dhalik is people don't pray. Subhanallah. I want to have Zabih. I want Zabih. You don't pray. Akhi, you don't pray. Some ulama said you're a kafir, Akhi, and you're worried about Zabiha. And I'm not saying don't worry about Zabiha. Your priorities are mixed up. And they come sometimes to a Muslim in a, in a restaurant or whatever. They pull his eyes out. Give me the certificate. Give me this. It's important to them. Yeah. But they don't pray. They don't wear hijab. They come to the masjid with half hijab on. How about the sister that has a hijab on at 10 p.m.? She's running on the treadmill at the gym. That's actually a good one. Oh, you guys don't see this? Oh, too much. We all try to go to the gym at different hours where there's no fitna. Sah. Okay. We've all been there. I decided to just do a home gym because it's so hard to do it. Yeah. But you'll see the sister with hijabi. Oh, yeah, see, do you have niqab? Anu, mashallah, alik. Like <laughs> the sister that's doing pull-ups at the gym with the niqab or doing uh, uh, squats. Not only that, they're, they're making TikToks now. So yeah, they're making yeah, these yeah, videos. Yeah. There's one thing if she's in the gym, maybe but she's, some of the few people will see her. But now, like 10,000 people across the world yeah. are just watching her go up and yeah. down like this. She has her niqab on. And it's just like, I don't know where they're getting this idea from. But, Akhi, depending on what time of day it is, if it's late, why is a sister in there? A lot of them yes. by themselves. We've yes. seen them by themselves. Yeah. Single mothers coming in. You know, when we see Muslim sisters trying to do everything that the non Muslims are doing, we just want to do everything halal. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about the battlefield. And now imagine everything else. In takunu ta'lamuna. فَإِنَّهُمْ يَأْلَمُونَ كَمَا تَأْلَمُونَ وَيَرْجُونَ مِنَ اللَّهِ مَا لَتَرْجُونَ That if they are in pain, meaning are they, if they're hurting in whatever facet that they're doing, meaning if there's a hardship upon the non-Muslims that is happening, here he's talking about the battlefield. Let's take this and imagine it about anything in life. And you are struggling just like they are struggling. But they want from Allah not what you are seeking from Allah. You are struggling for what? At the end of the day, why did Allah create Adam salam to be the Khalifa on this earth? Mm -hmm. And then he created Hawa, our mother, to be what? To be a second. He did not create him, create her to go and do everything that he's doing. That's a hard thing for us. And or compete with him. Yeah. Akhi, I was talking. I know I'm gonna get a lot of flack for this one, but of course, okay. We're talking about just a hundred years ago, all these jobs that uh, most of them that women are doing right now, 
men have done and they still do them better till today. Okay? All right. All the major chefs in the world. You would think women are cooks. They're in the kitchen all the time. They grow up in the kitchen. Are all the major cooks or chefs today? Men or women? Men. They're highly paid, right? Highly. All right. Look at every sport. You take the number one division in women and put amateurs for men, teenagers. They'll beat them. Any sport you can think of. This is not a put down. These are facts. When I say a woman can have children, that's not knocking her down. That's a fact. I can't have children. And yeah. I don't want to have children. Yeah. If the patriarch is so bad, why do women want to do what men are doing? That's a good point. Why? Good you point. want to do every... Okay, let's say we flip the roles. Now women run the world and men are staying home and they're having babies, which they are... Then what? Okay, خلاص, we flipped the roles. Because you're going to say, you're going to agree with me that it's either the woman leads or the man leads. صح ولا لا? Yeah. Why do you have a problem with the way Allah, I'm talking to Muslims now, I'm not talking to kuffar. Kuffar, they have no standards. Today the law will be 60, tomorrow the law will be 50 miles an hour, the next day it's 80, and they'll obey all of them. And then if you go over 81, they'll look at you weird. If you go over 51, they'll look at you. There's no standard, Akhwani. Mm -hmm. Their laws change based on their whims, their desires, their state, Democrat, Republican. There's no standards, Akhi. It's just on the go. In the 70s, being homosexual was a disease. That's true. It was a psychiatric illness. illness. Then they changed the books. Now it's not an illness. Now it's just the best thing that's ever happened. They're born that way too. Oh yeah, of course. And the problem is, is the percentage of people that were born this way is amazing. Throughout history, everybody was fine. And they'll come back, of course, and say, well, they were hiding. They were in the closet, blah, 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 blah. Okay, you need to prove that. There's no proof for that. But having that said is, Either one is going to lead or the other. Even if there was a president in this country that was a woman, her vice president would be a male. He would be in a submission, in a submission role or in a submissive role to the female president. Mm -hmm. We're not saying that's right or wrong, but they, there just can't be two heads. So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he created Adam to lead this world, to populate this world, it's not the women that populate. They bring the babies into this world. Because one man can have thousands of descendants. Mm. I believe it's one, one out of 200 people on this earth. They are direct descendants of Genghis Khan. One out of 200, Akhwani. One man. Of course, you can't get a second wife. A'udhu Billah. And you, you, even a man, you always you want to have two children so you can put them through private school and you can have a good life. Our problem is not women, Akhwani. Our problem is men and women. Because who's raising these women? Fathers. Mm. Or the lack of. Wow. That's so true. they don't have real manhood examples in their lives. And everybody is so afraid of, if I don't do this with my daughter, she'll run away. If I don't do this with my son, he'll run away. 
You just have to do what you can do. And we ask Allah to protect our children. There has to be wisdom. There has to be hikmah. We're not talking about just going full flood. Somebody's going to wake up and go wholehearted with his wife or spouse or whatnot. But subhanAllah, ikhwani, Allah did not create the woman to do the things men are doing. And when I'm saying this, that women are not better than men and are better than men in certain things, and men are better than women in certain things. And that's what Allah wanted, and that's how Allah created us. Why is this there's just, just this deep desire to compete and to show that you're the best? And we're gonna have a whole halaqa about marriage, women over 30, divorcees, divorcees with two, three, four different children from two, three different men. We're going we're gonna to have a whole halaqa about this in the problems that are in the Muslim community. I guarantee you, inshallah ta'ala, soon enough. But I'm asking, ikhwani, if a woman stays home her whole life, she never leaves her house. How? She never leaves her. In this day and age, actually, you can do it. Amazon, everything at the door. Walmart, everything at the door. You can order all your food. You never have to leave the house. Grubhub. Of course, you're going to be a prisoner and you're going to be persecuted and all those. But I'm just saying, Netflix. what I wanted, the point I want to make, if you stayed home and you never left the house, will Allah ask you and say, why didn't you leave the house? Mm. It was haram to stay and you stayed anyways. Uh-oh. Of course, you're going to bring up the old society and who's going to be your doctors. And please, please relax. We already said, that those who are going to be doctors, high-end people that we might need for our sisters, those are very far and few in between, and there's enough of them out there, and they have to give up a lot of the family life in order to do that. And they know that. That's true. And not anyone can do it. That's true. Whether they have the stamina, the, 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 the intelligence, the, the time, they give up family, they give up children, they give up a lot of things. <clears throat> and those women... When they are in necessity, Muslims will come up and say, we're lacking doctors. We need sisters to step up to the plate. But now we have so many doctors <clears throat> that they can all stay home. You know, I just, can I say something yes, about that? Yes, please. This is really just, it bothers me when people say stuff like that. Like I had, a, I had this one um, like to-be sheikh guy. Um, tell me that he said well wouldn't you want your mother to have a a, a a Muslim female we make up less than one percent of this country one to three percent out of what the rest of the 99 the maj- look majority of uh, women are men to women there's already like more than half of doctors and nurses are already women right I don't know what's what special uh, specialty um, that a Muslim woman would offer from a non-Muslim woman. They'll just do the exact same thing. You may just get a salamu alaikum. That's extra, right? So this idea that we need Muslim female doctors and nurses, it's really just, um, it, 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 it has no purpose at all. Like it does nothing, right? It's a minute, it's a, it's a minute slash not intelligent argument. Why? All right. Afghanistan right now okay of course they can't go to school they're not going to school I'm not saying if I'm for that or against it we're not here to discuss that or debate that okay how are they running that country Mm -hmm. if they don't want their women to go to school 
aren't there any women doctors that take care of them? Or do they allow men to take care of Muslims for hundreds of years had no problem treating their women in hospitals. Yeah. This was never an issue. Even when 99% of the women stayed home, there were women that took care of women. Yeah. This was never an issue in the Muslim world. It's become an issue after we are 10,000% sure it's not an issue. It's a minute, not intelligent argument. It's not even a failsafe. When people say these things, they just don't think. Akhi, in your family, you know 10 people that are doctors. Men and women. Especially in some communities, Akhi, the man's a doctor, the woman's a doctor, the child's a doctor, the grandfather's a doctor, the specialty of the specialty. Akhi, subhanallah. We're not saying don't be educated, don't be... But the thing is, is I'm afraid that your education will take you to hellfire. Wallahi al That's a hard thing. Uqsim billah. Because everything that we do, Allah is going to ask us about. So if a young woman, she decide, let's say she decided to go to college in whatever facet, and she wanted to have a family, and she said, ah, you're the husband, Allah made you the qawwam, you're going to take care of the ha- everything outside the house, I take care of everything inside the house. Khalas? Khalas. And I don't need $100,000 for dowry. And if we divorce, I don't take half of your stuff. Because that's a form of theft. Yasariqun. The family that wants to take half of the stuff of the man, in Islam, they are thieves. Yeah, we just talked about what happens to those people. This is thievery. You have no right to that. Unless out of your own money, you and your husband bought something 50-50, then this is basic. You're going to split it 50-50. You're going to just return what you own. Yeah. And then we have to see, do you have the right to ask for divorce, sister, in the first place? Because if you say khula, then you're going to take your stuff and leave. And I want to throw another tidbit in there since we're talking about this. It's hard to stay on subject sometimes. People don't realize in Islam, and this is something that 99% of people don't think about when they're talking divorce, that sister, when you decide to divorce, and one of the main reasons you wanted to divorce is, um, is like that woman that walks into a store and they tell her on the first level, there's a good man and he has a decent job. And then you want to go to the next floor because the next floor has a really good man with a good job. And you're like, ah, let me see what's on the third floor until you get to the sixth floor and there's nobody there. That's what most women are dealing with right now. They're always thinking, I'm going to get the next one. I'm going to get the next best things. And the, the women today, they become the men they want to marry. The women today become the men they want to marry. Successful, highly educated, driven, firm. Independent. And of course, you have have to be independent. That's without saying, that's like saying I breathe air, (laughs) independence. And that's in America and you have to be independent. You don't need a man, you don't need nobody. Yeah. So having that said, Juan, you have to realize what is it that you're looking for? The sister, if she, in Islam, in Islam, in Deenullah, 
that Muhammad brought forth to us. That the woman, when she is going to remarry, she's not to take her children with her. A lot of people oversee this. That either she passes them on to her mother or somebody in her sphere of her women, if they're good and pious or Muslim. So if she's a revert, no. The next one who has the authority and preference of taking those children is their father. Because the success of your other marriage, which divorced women have 30% more chance of divorce in the second time, because they get used to it, it becomes easy. These are statistics. So Islam wants you to be successful at your next marriage and wants you to give that husband the rights he deserves in Islam, in Islam. Mm. That Islam is telling you that you might have to leave your children behind if that man doesn't want them. It's out of his honor, manhood, wanting to do good for Islam, that he will take you on with your children. But people think, and I had a sister say, oh, he doesn't take care of my child. He, that's not his child. Whoa. He's not financially responsible for that child. That's a lot. If he doesn't, alhamdulillah, that's the halakhir. You can start crying wolf and start saying, oh, he doesn't want to do good. Akhi, today, when I tell people or encourage them to marry a divorcee with children, I can only do it if they are in a Muslim country or if they extremely fear Allah that they're going to be righteous for, towards that husband. And that's such a case by case by case by case basis. Otherwise, I'll tell them, do not marry a divorcee with children. And some people come up with no ilm. The Prophet ﷺ encouraged to marry women, divorcee women. Really? Allah yes, he married divorcee women but he also married Aisha who was a young woman who was never married in and Allah subhanahu and, and the Prophet said to Jabir he came and he said that Rasulullah he got married to an older woman the Prophet sallallahu he said that why did you not marry a virgin that you can be playful with her she can be playful with you why did you marry a woman who is and this is proof that it's preferable for the young man who was never married to marry a woman that is a virgin. And these are all case by case. And we're not saying in Islam, once again, you sisters want to have the benefits 100% of the Sharia, 100% of what men should be doing at their most, at their best, at their height, when Islam, but you don't want to be traditional women. You don't want to be traditional Muslims. You want to be women that give them a hard time. Ask a woman, can I discipline your children like mine? And she'll choke. She'll choke. Whatever that discipline is. Pick up the bill. So, Akhwani, you guys want to have all the benefits, but you don't want to put in the effort. Mm. And I come back to women. Oh, al why should you go to Al-Firdaus? That's why I'm asking you. Why should I go to Al-Firdaus? Our ideology, our mentality is of the kuffar. How can we go to Firdaus? And we all have a caveat. Every single one of us, it's a lot of work. But being conscientious that you need work is 90% of the battle today, not even 
And I, that was just a little parenthesis, I think, a tangent I needed to talk about. <laughs> the, the issue about Amr bil Ma'roof wa Nahi al Munkar is something that is um, reprehensible in the eyes of uh, many Muslims today. Um, because the enjoying the good is, is easy. That's the easy part. In fact, the, 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 the biggest issue sometimes is how people define good and evil. Right, so they'll look at ikhtilat and say, "Hey, they're learning about, you know, Bilal or something." And you got brothers and sisters rubbing on each other; they're sitting right next to each other, right? And you're like, um, "I don't know if this is good because it's not haram." Well, actually, at least, at least then you get the at least explanations. At least they're doing this, you know, in Such the MS, a weak at position. Least this is right. So it's a defeatist mentality, but enjoying the good forbidden the evil. First, the definition, we need to know what good and evil is according to who, right? That's one. The second thing is once you find that definition, how do you do it? How do you do it, right? And so Shaykhuna um, explained to us the, the nuances of that one. The ulama said that Amr bin Ma'roof wa Nihal Munkar is the sixth pillar of Islam. Wow. And I think I said this in one of the podcasts before. Are you, are you adding another pillar to the... No, no. They just like they said, if there's going to be a fifth Khalifa, it would be Harun Rashid. Naam, naam. Tafadl. So, the sixth pillar, Ikhwani, when they say this, it's because of its importance. The Prophet, and we've talked about this, yeah. but I want to just put it in a different, different perspective. I want to add to what we've said in all the other podcasts and have them in one location. Okay. So he said, وَالَّذِي نَفْسِي بِيَدِهِ لَتَأْمُرُنَّ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ وَلَتَنْهَوُنَّ عَنِ الْمُنْكَرِ أَوْ لَيُوشِكَنَّ اللَّهُ أَنْ يَبْعَثَ عَلَيْكُمْ عِقَابًا مِنْ عِنْدِهِ ثُمَّ تَدْعُونَهُ فَلَا يَسْتَجِيبُ لَكُمْ Subhanallah. That the Prophet ﷺ, he said, By whom, by thee whom my soul is in his hands or in his control, that you will promote virtue, لَتَأْمُرُنَّ that you will, Surely promote virtue and forbid evil. And if you do not do so, that it is not far-fetched, as we would say. It is not inconceivable that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will send upon you a torment. And then you will ask him to elevate this torment. And he will not answer the dua. Now, if I tell you, what do you see today? Exactly that. We see millions of people memorizing the Quran, right? Men and women. Millions of people making dua fil Kaaba. Millions of people, but the state of our ummah only is getting worse every day. I'm telling you, Ikhwani, this is what I want you, sisters, you brothers. And when I push on the sisters, because everybody's clapping to you, sister, and is telling you, go, girl, this is your time to shine. I'm afraid that your time will shine in Jahannam if you keep on following these people and you are chasing these clicks mm. and these claps. I'm sorry, what is a sister doing given a tutorial of makeup? Of course, she's a hijabi on, on the internet. What's the purpose? She, she's doing it. For I, I, you guys explain to me, what is, is she doing she, it for? She's doing it for, she says she's doing it for the sake of Allah. All right. To show Let's do this, Akhwani. Do you want to know if you're doing it for the sake of Allah or not? If they gave you zero dollars, you made no dollars 
even now that you have millions of subscriptions and followers, would you keep on doing it? And no likes. And you can take off the comments, you take off the likes. Women feed off of attention. And there's a lot of people that said that they got into this social media and they go crazy. They wake up in the morning, middle of the night, looking how many likes. And if somebody doesn't like them, they're on antidepressants. Juani, these are facts. And you're probably going to sit here because you have five likes on yours and say, no, that doesn't happen to me. When you get to a certain stature, stat, you know, status, you will notice these things. But once again, if you're doing it for the sake of Allah, these things will not affect you. If they affect you, you're not doing it for the sake mm. of Allah. And anything that your intention is not for the sake of Allah, but you say, this is a lie, blatant lie about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his deen. And I'm telling you, Ikhwani, if a sister right now wants to know how to do makeup, it's so easy to do, and we don't need you with your hijab on to show her how to put makeup on. But if you're trying to create a purpose for yourself as a Muslim, because everybody now wants to be a, so a social media mogul. Yeah. Everybody's going to get rich. Everybody's going to get famous. And this this is the dangers of our society. Yeah. And Akhi, you would not believe how many people like get and say you should have your own podcast. <laughs> you should get out. And I've thought about it many times and I probably have the time to do it. And wallahi, every time I think about it, I'm like, I'm going to fall onto, into that deep end and it's going to become personal and it will no longer become for the sake of Allah. Because it's, it's almost impossible. And a wise businessman told me once, we were talking about business and having people on Google giving you, you know, hey, let's reach out to our customers and give us a five star or give us your review. Please write us a nice review. He said, listen to this. He said, if you build your business based on what people are saying, those same people can dictate how you run your business and if you're going to fail or succeed. Wow. So if you base your social media on all the likes and all the good comments, those people as well, if you say something wrong or do something wrong, they can take it away from you. That's it. They control you. And we're not talking about the platforms. The platforms will do that. We have already seen that. We've already seen it with many, many people. So we've talked about this. It's so easy to go back to it and really look into it in depth. I just want to trigger is promoting virtue and forbidden evil something you dislike about Islam? Ask yourself, for instance, as you've been listening to me now for the past, what has it been, about an hour? Are you, have you been thinking all along, who's this crazy? And if it was lawful for you, brother or sister, because I heard some brother's feelings about saying you need to be a man and not let your wife uh, be on social media or your sister, or your mother. And you shouldn't be in the background with a vacuum. Because if the woman does it, it's misogyny. If the man does it, he is sensitive to her feelings. Mm. So women now manipulate men to, because they give them the guilt trip. So having that said, if for the past hour you're looking at me and thinking, what a nut. And you can listen to Bill Maher, the Fasaq of Fusaq, 
Jimmy Kennel, all these names that you sit and laugh at, clap. Oh, that was amazing. <laughs> this and that. And you are like, this guy, if I had the authority, I would cut his tongue off so he could never speak. SubhanAllah. I would be your opponent on the Sirat Yom Al Qiyamah. Mm. Not because I'm saying that, I'm saying I won't know about it. Unless you call me or get in touch with me and say, forgive me because I thought or said something about you that's evil, that is displeasing to Allah. You may not realize that now because you're young, uneducated, with a PhD even. You're uneducated about the deen of Allah. When we say somebody's uneducated in this day and age, it doesn't matter if you have triple PhDs. Because even a PhD today is so specialized that it's only 1% of what your specialty is. That means you still are ignorant in 99%. If you're a doctor and you're a surgeon, you probably don't know nothing about vaccines. And a doctor knows about vaccines, knows absolutely nothing about surgery. Everyone has their own specialty. So you can be a doctor, but you don't even know things about your own industry, let alone the shara of Allah. So when we say this, we're not, of course, we're here to poke you a little bit. That's the goal. If you're not going to get poked and you're not going to feel a little bit like mm, boily, then it's, it's not going to work. Yeah. If I sit here and talk like all the, you know them, you know them all that are out there with contact lenses on and different colors and cute beards and, and cute speech, of course, and tapping and catering. Wallahi, akhi, you know what I fear the most? And ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that I say this for his sake, that these so-called da'is, that they will come on the day of judgment and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he will say, everyone will lead his flock or his group and everybody will be a parent because they're following a certain group, a certain ideology, and they will take them straight to hellfire. And no, you don't need to be a kafir to go to hellfire. You can be a Muslim. You can be a good Muslim. You can be a practicing Muslim. You can be a qiyam al-layl Muslim. Very serious. The Prophet ﷺ, he said, there will be many from amongst you. He's talking to the Sahaba. They have the deeds, the size of mountains, like the Himalayan mountains and so forth. Mountains and mountains of Hasanat. And they will come on the day of judgment and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will destruct all of it or take it all, of, all away. And they said, why, Ya Rasulullah, alayhi salatu salam? He said, إِذَا خَلَوْ بِمَحَارِمِ اللَّهِ انْتَهَكُوهَا That when they are by themselves in private, they do the things that displease Allah. And the number one problem of Muslims that they're going to face on Day of Judgment with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is what they have in their hearts more so than any of the actions more so than any of the actions because if you hear about expiation and you're like mm, i don't know you don't know well you'll know <laughs> if you hear about ta'addud polygyny you're like oh that's barbaric why does he have a problem with it you have to wear a full hijab oh i don't want to wear a tent all this is what the kuffar say and allah will purify your heart either in this dunya with huge trials and tribulations if he loves you and wants you, wants to teach you or teach us a lesson, 
or if he doesn't, he will make an example out of us on the day of judgment. Coming back to promoting virtue and forbidden evil, Khwani, we're telling you these things, Wallahi, for the sake of Allah. Uqsim Billah. We don't hate you. We don't we don't want you to live in this hardship, but we want to put the hardship in perspective. A lot of times the sister thinks we're trying to lock her down because she wants to be like a man. But then when she hits 30, when she hits the wall, and that's 30 to 35 right now, and there's thousands of women out there on TikTok crying about why they can't find a man. I'm serious. And they're out there looking like crazy, and they're out there, Ikhwani. We're doing this so you don't fall into the same pitfalls as the kuffar. And once again, we said, the kuffar or the women of the kuffar, if they find a good man that they like, good, good looking, they like, they can push on the button and heat will come to them. They can go spend a week with him. They can go on vacation. They can go out to dinner. They can have fun. They can sleep with him. They can do whatever they want. And if they find another man, they move on. Muslims, you can't do this. So you're trying to have the same results as the non-Muslims, but you both have different goals. You want the man that doesn't smoke, that doesn't that prays on time, that goes to the masjid, that's a good man. And this is this podcast I'm talking about. Yani salihat, inshallah ta'ala. Inshallah. The first thing we have to do is accept what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has uh, prescribed for us. Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu said, Ya ayyuhal nas, innakum latakra'una, ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu alaykum anfusakum, la yadurrukum man dalla idha tadaytum. And we mentioned this in one of the, the podcasts. He said, oh people, you guys are reading this ayah falsely or understanding it in the wrong regards that the ayah says, oh you who believe, you are to only take care of yourselves. It doesn't matter whom goes astray. Mm. So people use this ayah so to say, said, mind, mind your, your own, own business. business. Well, Abu Bakr already addressed this 1400 years ago. All right? Radiallahu anhu. So he said, وَإِنِّي سَمَعْتُ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ يَقُولُ أَنَّ النَّاسَ إِذَا رَأَوْا إِنَّ النَّاسَ إِذَا رَأَوْا الظَّالِمَ فَلَمْ يَأْخُذُوا عَلَى يَدَيْهِ أَوْشَكَ أَنْ يَعُمَّهُمُ اللَّهُ بِعِقَابٍ مِنْهِ Abu Bakr he said that, that if the people see transgressors, evildoers, People who are doing things that are not Islamic, that are non-honorable, that are haram, and they don't stop them, they don't refrain them, they don't put them in check, they don't say, هذا عيب, هذا haram, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is surely, or might surely, depends, awshaka could mean at ta'kid Oh, the possibility of that Allah will send upon them a torment upon all of them. And we see this today. Yeah, this happens. Look at the Muslim world. Six months ago. I'm telling you, you guys are living here. A lot of you, even with there's we're in sort of a recession, you're still going to Whole Foods and you're still buying a seven, eight dollar coffee every day brothers and sisters a lot of us are guilty of this and I'm not saying oh I'm not I'm, I'm not telling you to go shop at Walmart I'm telling you you don't have the problems that other people have 
So it's hard for us to understand, especially in the West. And this is our ibtila. This is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is testing us with this bounty, with khayr. And we will try you with khayr, he said. Then he said, evil, evil to us mean what is bad for us or we perceive as evil to see if we are going to be patient. Mm. Not for Allah to see, Allah already knows. It's for us to see. So we can be a witness upon ourselves on the Day of Judgment. That's the reason. So he said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will send us, will send a tournament upon us. And we see it. And I said in Egypt six months ago, the dollar was 15.6 pounds. Egyptian pounds. Junaid. I was just there. It wasn't even four months ago, I think. It was like end of August, September, three, four months ago. Today, it's 30 to 35. It, it goes up and down. It's lost half of its value in less than four months. You, you can't fathom that. If you went to the store today, I know everybody's complaining about eggs being expensive, but eggs have been suppressed for so many years that they should be expensive. <laughs> We've been paying, I remember when I was a kid, we were paying 88 cents for a dozen. Up until a year ago, people were still paying 88 cents or Two years ago, we're still paying 88 cents for a dozen in many places. Just the cheap old stuff. We didn't have this organic stuff. Nobody had this thing organic or all natural. This is all new in the past 15, 20 years. 40 years ago, 30 years ago, eggs were right around that price. They were really cheap, 50 cents, a dollar. And not too recently. Like many products, they really keep them down in the market. But based on everything that's going on, the price of eggs should be the price of eggs, okay? As a business owner, I'm giving you some business advice. So having that said, people right now, imagine if you went to buy a car and it's double the price in two months. Yes, the chip problem made people, but people are buying cars because they have nothing better to do with the money, Achi. They're not desperately buying cars. Otherwise, they would not be buying Lamborghinis. People are buying high-end vehicles, Teslas, Porsches, all these high-end vehicles because they have a lot of excess money. Back there, Ikhwani, they have to buy everything with the dollar. And imagine people that have to buy a vehicle and it just doubled in price and their salary is not doubling in price. Mm. And everything they do, they import and they import it at very high, at very high. These are tournaments. People are out in the street crying that how are we going to feed our families, Zahi, in the thousands. You know, the, you know, you know, the crazy thing is about that. Um, people don't see it as torment. They think it's just a financial issue mm. that the country needs to sort out. <clears throat> and so when they're in it so long, they still don't realize that it's a, it's a punishment. It's a Yeah. <laughs> it's a test. It's a iqab for some. It's a test for some. Yeah, so we, we see all these, uh, we complain, <laughs> these people are so funny. Those who say they don't want to live in a, a um, Sharia law, because the Sharia for them is reduced to stoning and killing gay people. It really, that's just what it is. But, it reduces but, but, their freedoms. Yeah, what's interesting is for life. They, they say they don't want to live in that sort of uh, law or that governance. But they complain about all of the symptoms, all of the symptoms where they live 
is an exact result uh, of the very thing that the Quran or the Sharia opposes in the first place. The things that they complain about in these countries in the West are symptoms of the things that Allah already is opposing in the first place. Racism and look at them, the march and their only solution at that point is laws and amendments that they know won't change anything. But then they'll complain about it later on. And then they'll go and they'll put their politicians forward and put their votes and put their new this and that. And they keep complaining about it. And still the Sharia is just chopping hands off. This is what happens, guys, when you don't understand your deen. Next point. This is a controversial issue today. Um, also, we could tie probably a couple of things together. But I think we'll end uh, with this one here, which is the guardian Qawam is the man. And I've seen people interpret this in the most craziest interpretations ever. I've I've heard um, uh, celebrity speakers who say things like, oh, well, it doesn't mean that you're in charge. It means that you have to you have to be responsible. Mm. You're responsible for providing for them. It's like, okay, that's part of it, but that's not the whole thing, right? And so then they go and interpret all these terms to mean obey becomes now respect. It doesn't really mean obey. It just means respect. You know, Allah didn't know what respect was, and he couldn't use that term, but he used obey. Okay. So this whole issue about the men <clears throat> are guardians over <coughs> the women is a big uh, controversy to the extent where people are, are even trying to shift and change it to the way they want. No, 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 no. You're not the. You're not in charge. We're doing fifty-fifty. You're not in charge. Let's let's talk this out. We can both make these decisions together, and you don't have to be in charge, right? There doesn't need to be. I can also make choices. I can also, you know, and so now some of them want to live independently. While being in these marriages, there was a girl who said <laughs> she did this whole little TikTok about how she explained her husband and her. She, she's a hijabi sister. Her husband is living separate from her, and she said he under she under he uh, he understood why she wanted to do that. They're still married, but she had to do that in order to have like a peaceful environment so she could pursue her PhD. And she's so happy that he understood. He's living in a totally different apartment. She li And so they just go watch movies together sometimes and just go back to their place. This is so chaotic. <laughs> well, this is what people want today. And she's proud about it. And she's teaching other women how they can do that too. Mis misery loves company. Yeah. And there's a if lot she, of company where she is. If a woman respects and craves a man and she appreciates his validation she will not want to be away from him so the fact that she put the simp on hold that's what he is yeah he's a simp he, just divorce brother just he doesn't he can't divorce he can't she divorce. can divorce him. she can divorce wow. she can divorce him and she will divorce him damn eventually she's the husband. right now right now he's a financial contributor to her phd once she starts working and once she meets John or a lot of them run off with kuffar now. Yeah, okay, that's a thing too. Of course. Or she's gonna push him, make his life miserable to get a PhD if he's not already that, because his, her family and status and all the lies. 
So in the next 15 to 20 years, Akhwani, everybody, this will become very apparent. And I'll tell you something. The black and or African-American community has already beat us to where we want to go in parentheses or not what we want <clears throat> what we think we want and what we're fighting for so hard mm. perfect example and for all of you who have followed kevin samuels or heard of him or heard of his content or whatever it is if you go back to that and listen to the women and the crazy things that they are saying in the questions that he asks and how he puts them in the hot seat, regardless of his delivery, everybody gets bent over the delivery. There's two types of people. Either they're hearing the truth and they hate the truth, or you're lying to them and they hate the lie. But if you're, you know, and we're talking about, there's two reasons why people um, think your delivery is bad is what I meant. Because if somebody, like Umar ibn Khattab, he was very direct, and if he saw somebody walking in the in, in the marketplace, one of the Sahaba radiallahu anhu, and he was carrying meat, and everybody else was having a hard time, and they were not well off, and he looked at him, he said, Everything you feel like buying, you just buy? Mm-hmm. So Umar, if somebody said that to you today, you'd probably call a lawyer, you'd film, listen to this cracking, what are you saying? Well, listen to this, listen to whatever. That's what you would be doing. Man or woman, if somebody came up to you and say, Akhi, mashallah, do you have 17 pounds in here of these? And is that enough? It's because they know you. They're not saying this because they just want to be. You'd probably look at them in a bad way. Or if somebody saw you with a third car and they say, Akhi, I mean, mashallah, may Allah... But do you really need three cars? Oh, they envy me. Nobody can keep anybody in check, Akhi. Nobody can sell you, this is aib. You can't say it to your kids, you can't say it to your wife, vice versa. Everybody is their own rub right now. They own, they're in their little mini sphere of being a rub, of being a lord. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Have you seen thy who has taken his, lord, his desires as a lord? And another ayah, that's because they already knew the truth and then they denied it. So Allah let them be. So subhanAllah, ikhwani, can anybody tell you hadha aib, hadha haram? Can anybody tell you? Are you listening to this for entertainment value? Like, oh, this is crazy. Let me listen to it. I love his rants. Or are you trying to learn something? Or are you actually trying to criticize? I've been talking for two hours. I'm sure I said some things that are not 100% accurate or incorrect. But did you leave out the other 60%? I'm not going to say 90. That could be very beneficial to you. Something your grandfather would have said. I remember when I was a young boy and I was, um, I was, I was raised in Tunisia, in a Muslim country. And I had some shorts on. Short shorts to here. They were okay when I when I stood up. They were they were halfway down my. I was only seven or eight years old. I was a little boy, but I was sitting on the ground as we saw my grandfather come into the the neighborhood. We all kind of sat down and pretend like we weren't doing any mischief. And we were in a little like cul-de-sac where it's closed, so the only people were in there are the people that live there. It was not a, there was no outlet. 
and this was almost 40 years ago. Mm. And so the sh when I sat down like that, my shorts, they pulled up, you know, and you sit down, I put my legs up and I'm a nice little boy. My grandfather slapped me with his cane on my legs. I don't, I don't know which one was it. It was this one because I was sitting this one. I still remember Ikhwani. But I love that man to death. And I, and I make tarahum and I say, Allah yarhamu, every time I remember him. I don't have any complexes. I've been spanked many times by my grandfather. My father pulled the belt on me so many times. I still love him. I don't go to see a psychiatrist. I don't, I don't cry to my wife. I was abused as a child. And I know somebody's going to analyze this. Ah, now we know you're psycho. We psycho, psychoanalyze you. That's why you're tough and you're this and you're rough and you're because you've been beaten. You're trauma. I've, I've, I've you're trauma. I've trauma. I have trauma. Alhamdulillah. I have trauma. Yeah. And so do all these people now that are speaking out. Anybody that speaks out right now, this they want to take his license yeah, away. So I'm telling you guys, I've never, I, I don't need to tell you this, but if you ask a lot of your parents, if you're 20 and your parents are 45 or 50, and they'll say, I never, I, I love my father. I love my grandfather. I, we were, if you look at how people were raised in this country 50 years ago, women were not in bikinis at the beach Juan. you guys this this country has come a far far way from any kind of modesty hayat or humanity they came a long long way all the concepts have changed right now muslims dear muslims please if the amish can separate and live without technology in america and they can make it happen for the sake of the shaitan can you do it for the sake of allah they say it's Isa, but it's Shaitan. They're worshiping the Shaitan. They're not worshiping Isa. Can you do it conscientiously and separate yourself? And I'm not saying be anti-technology or be. See, there's an extreme. They went to the crazy extreme, and we want to be worse than and more than the kuffar on the other extreme. Because today, if you say a man is a qawwam, that means his wife is his boss, is her boss. Why is it, sister? You, yeah, you. When you come into work, you check in with your card. Of course, your badger, you'll, you'll get a, a chip pretty soon where they can scan you. And if your boss says, did you get that uh, Suhaila, Fatima, Khadija, Aisha, whatever your name is, did you get that report done? And they talk to you firmly with the stern. Yes, sir. And if you didn't have that report, you're going to be like, that's what you're going to do. Uqsim billah. You will not have the gall to look at him in the eyes and tell him, well, I had a problem last night. That's why I didn't do it. And he's going to say, I have a problem with you. This is a free to hire and a free to fire state. Boom. That's what I would do if I was your boss. If you did that with being non-submissive as an employee, you would be fired. And they would do the same at 3M, Microsoft, General Mills, and we have a lot of Fortune 500 companies here. Of course, and you're going to sue them for discrimination and all these other things because you're a poor Muslim. No, you are a poor person with a long tongue. And somebody was man enough to put you in your place. Or woman enough. You'll take it from a man or a woman. When you are at work, Every single one of us, you are in submission to your boss, whether you like it or not. That's true. 
when I print a paper, the gal who's at the front office brings that paper and puts it in the desk and can I help you with anything? Now, if my wife doesn't do that, that's a big problem. That's a big problem. And you, sister, if you're obedient to your boss, man or woman, but I say man so you can easily look at it and like, oh, I, I'm really, really disrespectful to my husband. Well, that's why you don't have tawfiq in your life and you're not happy. You'll only have tawfiq in your life if you say, Allah created my husband here and I'm in submission here. I might have a triple 5,500 PhD. I might be smarter. I may come from a rich family. But Allah has put this husband over me for a reason. He is my boss. He is my CEO. He is my ticket to Jannah. But sisters don't want that. She, she says she wants this. She wants 50-50. But uqsim billah, she's lying. Mm. It's never 50-50. Because if it was 50-50, because Muslims, they play both roles. Your money is our money and my money is my money. That's not 50-50. 50-50 is if you're making 100 and he's making 60, you combine them and you work together. That's 50-50. If he makes 200 and you make 100, you combine them and everybody, you, you, that's 50-50. 50-50 doesn't mean you put the equal amount in the pot. 50-50 is you put 100% of what you have into the pot. Doesn't matter who makes more. They don't even do that, Akhi. No. No way. Because they're not really sincere when they say uh, Exactly, Akhid. So are you lying to Allah? Allah said, Al-Rijalu qawamuna ala nisa Akhi, I'll tell you something. And this is... Uh, we should talk about this. <laughs> How about... I'm going to squeeze in there. I'm going to squeeze in there three things and I'll talk about let's, them all let's, together. Let's do some squeezing. Women get half of the inheritance of men in Islam. Naam. Why? My 16-year-old daughter, the other day, and we're teaching her how to become a wife right now. Her mother is teaching her how to be a wife because she might marry in the next year or two, three, Allahu alam. When I say marry, you know, of course, somebody will ask for a hand and hopefully, inshallah, it won't be before 18 legally, so no crazies come after me, huh? But in this state, I think you can marry 17 with consent of fair father or whatever. We've discussed this 16, on our first podcast. 16? 16, 16? Yeah. Okay, so good. As long she, as, she's good. Yeah. Well, mother and father Cons both yeah, are consent. crazies and they're going to consent. <laughs> and I said to her, I want you to understand. And this is the point I want to make. Because if Muslim women understand this, they'll understand why Allah made certain things is just to help us understand the hikmah even though the goal for us is to say we hear and we obey but if we know the hikmah sometimes it might help us help put us at ease help put us at ease because Ibrahim he said he asked Allah can you show me how do you revive the dead Allah asked him do you not believe? He said, no, I believe. I just want to have more tranquility in my heart. Okay? So this is why we're doing this. I told my daughter, do you know, if you stay with me until you're 45, 50, if that's, there's no nasib, you'll always be my daughter under my protection. You'll never have to work a day in your life. I'll never send you out to work. I'll never say you have to contribute. 
And if I die, that responsibility is passed on to your siblings, uncles, whomever is the male that will be responsible for you if I were to pass on. SubhanAllah. What honor. Okay. And if I give you to a husband, I'm transferring that authority to that husband who's going to take care of you. And it's your right to be a wife and to be have somebody or have a man, I should say, take care of you financially. This is your right in Islam. Naam. It's not he's not doing you a favor. And Allah forbid something happens because Juan, you need to understand there is a 50% chance of divorce. This is across the board, Muslim, non-Muslim. The closer you are to Allah, the, 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 the more that percentage becomes smaller. But across the board now, Muslim, non-Muslim, Muslim world, it's about 50% divorce. And what is scary, 93% of divorces or 92% of divorces that are initiated by college, Educated people are women. So meaning, if the woman is college educated, she has a 92%, 92% of them are the ones who filed for divorce. If they're not college educated, it's about 75 to 80%. Mm -hmm. And this is in the boy crisis, in the book, the boy crisis. And we'll talk more about this when we do our halaq. But just to trigger some thought process, so, and I said, dear daughter, if you come back and you did not get a job and you were taking care of your household and you fear Allah and your husband, I'm not saying a woman cannot work, you guys. Yes. And I said it in the first podcast, Allah is my witness that I am always chasing the environment. If it's safe, if the circumstances are right, and if it makes sense, and the man can still remain the qawam and he agrees to it, then there is no issue with me. Even though I don't prefer that the woman works outside the house. Period. Mm -hmm. And I said, dear daughter, if something happens and it didn't work out with your husband, this is your father's home. You will always have honor, tranquility, and somebody to take care of you in this house. But I think these conversations, conversations are not had with our daughters, with our wives, with our sisters. And everybody's, a lot of the parents, the fathers, oh, go work so you can pay for your college degree. Akhi, what do I need your PhD if you're going to come with $200,000 in debt? Mm. That's why I said women marry the men. Uh, uh, women become the men they want to marry. Women really think that your education is important to us. Your education is only important to simps. It's not important to real men. It's not important to high-value Muslim men. Wallahi, it's not. It's a aib. It's not. Okay, statistics from the kuffar. A woman, after she has a child, who works more, the man or the woman? Unanimously, the man works way more hours than the woman does if she doesn't quit her job already. Especially if he's doing well financially, most women will take off a couple of years. So what's this nonsense about, I want to share everything, I want to be half and half and, and all these things. Wallah, if you do what Allah wants, you'll have a tranquility. Leesh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Whomsoever goes astray, wants to oppose 
the path of Allah, path of Allah they'll lead a miserable life. So the further you are from Allah, the more misery you're going to have in your life. The husband that you fell in love with, he won't love you. The husband you crave attention from won't even know how to do it. And Allah won't put him around men that can teach him that. Because you are not pleasing Allah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will put different steps in your life to make it miserable. The more you want to please Allah, and this has to be between you and Allah. Allah knows if you respect your husband or you don't. Allah knows if you're treating your husband the way he wants or if you're doing it like Jessica. So women, for instance, why do they inherit half of the, what the man inherits? It's because the woman doesn't have any financial burdens. Mm. This is why, Ikhwani. And before all of that, it's because Allah wanted so. SubhanAllah. Period. It's her right to tell me to spend on me, and I, and it's my duty to spend on her. No. Period. SubhanAllah, Ikhwani. The man that's thinking, I want to get clicks, or we're going to make money with TikTok on his wife, he's not a man, akhi. Of course, I have a monopoly on manhood and everything else. Of course, that's what you're going to say. But man up, akhi, man up. There's a protective jealousy. If you want to know what that is, show that to your grandfather and see what he says. And if he, oh, if he, if he makes me look bad, then we have to talk to your grandfather. <laughs> yeah. No. The inheritance in many things in the Quran, and that's why we, and I'm going to conclude inshallah ta'ala with this because we can't finish the rest. And we'll talk more about certain things inshallah ta'ala in our lecture because they pertain to women and ikhtilat. So all of these, ta'adud, all of these things, we'll talk about them in the lecture. So I think even the 10, you'll hear the rest of them in our next halaqa about marriage and. And some of the things I said tonight, I'll reiterate and maybe elaborate more about. But I'm doing this for you guys to think. Akhi, the, the left has gone so far. And, and I'll tell you something. Uh, right now, you're listening to me. You voted Democrat, right? Did you vote Democrat? Of course. You did? I did not. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but they but did. You, vo you voted Democrat? We know who they are. Okay. Muslims. Why did you, what's the main reason that you voted Democrat? Is it because of your immigration status? Possibly. Most people do it for that. Because I don't think you did it to have abortion rights. Mm. You didn't do it to have gay rights. You didn't do it to have transgender rights. Um, or did you? More taxes. That's the problem. Did you do it so you're a single mother and they can help you out and you're living in a freeloading state? Okay. Think about these things. Why did you vote a certain way? Or why do you have an inclination towards a certain way? They're all kuffar, man. They all are evil. I'm not saying vote red or blue. No, no. I want you to think. Muslims, for the longest time, all I hear about them is, these guys, they're easier on immigration and Islam. They're not, ikhwani. Mm. And I'm not here because of my immigration status. I shouldn't be. If I can't live my Islam here, I got to go. And that means I've got to go. I have to go. I have to leave. I'm not going to vote for pedophilia, transgenderism, because I want to stay here and get a green card. I'm just not. Yeah. 
I can't. It's haram. Subhanallah. So we tell people it's haram to vote for a lot of these issues. Well, who's going to? Ya khi, we are guests here. Ikhwani, we are guests here. Everybody wants to become a fabric of this nation. You're just a guest. Akhi, <laughs> we're all guests here. If you don't vote and the Muslims don't vote, it will be just fine. It won't make a difference. It's not even, even if it makes a difference, Akhi. What I'm trying to say is, why are you here in the first place? That's yeah, true. Are you trying to be like Why me? are you here? Did no. you come here just for economic reasons? Allah is going to ask you about that. You lose your deen, you lose your children. Many people, they were better off never to ever come to America. That's true, because they lost their minds. They so. would have been on the camel back there, chasing the camels or running around wherever it is back home is for them. And they would have been closer to Allah than they ever are right now. Many, many people lost their children to kufr. And I'm just going to conclude with that. But yeah. think, think, I'm not your enemy. I don't hate you. I'm not, I'm, I really want to provoke your thought process. Because listen, if you start reading the Quran and the Sunnah, like you were reading Freud, and you were reading all the Marxist ideologies, Nietzsche. and Nietzsche, and Plato, Marx, and all these Aristotle. different things, and you wrote papers about them, and now they become the norm, in your thought process, and you have 15 years of Netflix, 25 years of, F of HBO because they came before Netflix, in movies, in series, in friends, of course, of friends. 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 Because we're all friends and it's peaceful and Peaceful. Love. Coexist. And you have all of these. I, I'm a little bit sarcastic, but once again, I have to poke you. It's just my personality. If you have 20 years of craziness up here, and you hear this right now, we're going to be the worst thing. You can call us all the different names. But all I want is for you to maybe think objectively and say, okay, I just said, قَالَ اللَّهِ قَالَ رَسُولَ I did not bring anything weird. And this podcast is not that. And all these brothers, mashallah, we're not making money here. We spend hours. I spend a lot of hours of research to bring new information that we didn't say so we're not regurgitating the same thing or to add value to the information that was said before. So I'm not here to disrespect you. I don't know who you are. But if I've provoked your thought process, I'm the imam. If you're in the Jumu'ah and you're playing on your phone, I will call you out in front of the whole congregation and call you a child. I am the imam and I've done it many times before. Because many Muslims, they hear it and they still do it anyways. We've, come, we've become desensitized. So if somebody says something, it like goes in this ear, comes out the other. Our attention span is near zero. We're a microwave generation. We want everything right now. There's no delayed gratification. And this whole deen of Allah was built on delayed gratification. You do good here, inshallah, you will go to Jannah. But people now, they want to do live like the kuffar, have Western values. And of course, they don't even say, I want to go to Jannah. I want to go to Firdaus. Like, pow, man, top notch. And we have to fear Allah. Yes, ask for Firdaus. Like we said, if you want to go to Harvard, you need the 4.0 GPA to start. You can't have a 3.0. And you're going to tell me that guy exception. We're talking about the norm. We're not talking about the exception. 
and I think I am out. I'm done. Sakumullah khair. Hafidakumullah. Ghafarullah lana wa lakum. Subhanakallahum yihamdik. Nashhadu an la ilaha illa ant. Nastaghfirukum tubu laik. Jazakumullah khairan. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Hayakumullah. Once again, we have another podcast here that is a, a bit a controversial. Um, but it's meant, like the Shaykh said, to be thought provocative, to be thought provoking, right? It is the goal for you to actually start to think with a fikratul Yeah, We need to start thinking like Muslims. We don't do that. We don't do that. And it's maybe because Islam is not a priority for us in our lives, which is a big issue, and which would be the source of our problems. Like always, we appreciate our guests for watching. If you watch this long, you know, we're probably going to start giving out gold medals. So we love you for the sake of we Allah. We love you Allah. for the sake of Allah. And we're going to start doing events soon, inshallah. So until next time, stay tuned. If you have any ideas, comments, or agreements, disagreements, comment below. Like and subscribe. And uh, we'll see you next time. Wa sallallahu ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.